Hi, this is Chelsea Vale. You have found the Whole Heart Podcast, a podcast for conscious parents who want to do things differently. Parenting the Whole Heart Way is about love, connection, play, and raising our children naturally. It can get, at times, a little bit crunchy. Let's jump in. Today, I was sent a message from a listener asking about when children have tantrums in the afternoon. And this particular child is six years old. It's always important to ask yourself, what is the child going through at different ages and stages of their development, right? What could they possibly be experiencing? We call it chase the why. Never ask the child why because it's rarely developmentally appropriate. In fact, I'll say at you know 36 years old, I often don't know why I'm upset. I have to really process process and be introspective and it takes me a while to really understand why did I react the way that I did. So asking a child, why are you having this tantrum? Why are you feeling this way? Isn't going to give you a productive answer. It's not going to be very productive because they don't know why they're just acting out, right? So it's up to you as the adult to try to figure out why are they acting out? At 18 months and two, it's often because they're hungry, thirsty, lonely, or tired. Um, hungry is really easy. You just feed them a snack. Um, or thirsty, we know how to take care of that. Um, you know, if they're lonely, it's possibly not that they're alone, but lonely meaning that they need a little burst of attention. But it. Three and four, sometimes it's something else. Perhaps they feel inferior. They're feeling a lack of control. They're feeling as though they want to do things on their own because at three and four, they're trying to practice more independence. At five and six, even seven, um, you know, once kids are more school age, often they're worn out. In our society, in our culture, we do a lot to really wear kids out very early on. We, um, you know, put them in school for very long days. And in fact, all over the world, kids in kindergarten, even um, up to age six or seven, are not in school during the day. They might do half days. They might do um, kindergarten in the morning, and then they free play in the afternoon. Um, In Vietnam, they only go to school from eight to 11, and then they go back and they do like a three to six or something. But they have these rest periods throughout the day because we know developmentally they're not quite ready for a seven or eight hour day. Can they make it through the day? Absolutely. But I will tell you as a former kindergarten teacher, my five and six year olds, I would find sometimes in the little play centers crawling up against the stuffed animals or curling up with a book and passing out because they're so tired. They're so exhausted. So if you have a child as young as six, it's important to ask yourself, are they doing too much? Do we need to build in more rest times during the day? Perhaps this is something I can speak with the teacher about. Um, you know, hey, maybe when he's having a hard time at recess or maybe when you look at him and he seems a little bit tired, encourage him to sit down with a book, rest his body a little bit. Um, or maybe when they get home, they do have a period of rest. Perhaps they want a warm bath if you live in a cold area. It is February right now um, when I'm recording this episode. And sometimes the cold really wears on the body because the body has to work extra hard to stay warm. So these little bodies are working really hard during the day. Perhaps they're tired and maybe they need to go to bed a little bit earlier. But speaking with your child and letting them know, I notice you're upset right now. Validating those feelings. I notice you're feeling, and then you fill in the blank. I notice you're feeling tired. I notice you're feeling drained. I notice you're feeling overworked or whatever it is that you think that they are. And then asking them, how could we solve this problem together? What might make you feel better? And you might often get an answer from your child that that makes a lot of sense. Mom, when I get home, I just want to sit down and read a book. Or, 
my feet hurt. Mama, I want to get my snow boots off and I just want to rest my feet, you know? Or sometimes you make it something outlandish where you know they're just kind of seeking attention where they say, I just want to play video games and eat junk food. And you go, ah, nice try, right? Um, but, but whatever it is, at least you're validating their feelings and hearing their thoughts. And then perhaps you could answer some helpful solutions. When you're drained at the end of the day, what refuels your energy? And a lot of times you might get an eye roll or a shoulder shrug because they're little. They don't know what might refuel their energy. You might say, perhaps you'd like to come in and have it quiet in the house. Perhaps there's favorite music that I could have ready for you when you get home. Sometimes when I'm tired, I like for someone to rub my feet. Would it feel better for you if I rubbed your feet for a little bit? And then you have a little connection time. With one of my kids, when he's feeling drained, what refuels his energy is feeling loved because he's naturally very rough and aggressive and high energy. And I know throughout his day, It takes conscious effort not to be a little barbarian. I know that it takes effort for him to like put on his shoes and stay in a chair and make eye contact and be kind to people. It takes work for him to be socially acceptable because he's four and he's very primitive. He is very in touch with his base instincts, which means he wants to climb a tree and throw a rock and punch somebody. That's his natural urge. And I know that it's exhausting for him to try to be socially acceptable. One of the reasons I've chosen some of the schools that I've chosen is because he needs to be somewhere where he can climb a tree and and jump off of a fort and get muddy and splatter paint and, you know, be rough because it's so hard for him. He would never thrive in a school where he has to stay seated or wear a uniform or color in the lines. He would go bananas. He would be the problem child. And so we need to look at our children. What is their natural inclination? What are their natural urges? What have they been doing throughout the day? What's happened in their school day? Perhaps there's something with the teacher or with other kids that you don't even know about, but taking a moment to acknowledge what you are noticing about your child, acknowledging that they feel tired or weak or sad or drained, and then giving them an opportunity to share with you what they need from you and then meeting that need. Sometimes we need to treat our children the same way we would treat a spouse or a partner or a friendship where we just say, hey, look, things are different with you. Um, You used to do this, that, and the other, right? You used to come home and and do the chores at the end of the day. And um, you used to come home and love doing your homework. Is there something I'm missing? Is there something that you need from me? as the person who cares for you, because I always tell my children, my job as, as your mother is to play with you, care for you, love you, feed you, and be there for you to help you through life. Cause life gets hard, right? And I always acknowledge that life being hard is not a secret in our home. It is something that we acknowledge. And I tell them guys, today's a hard day. I can't handle the noises you're making. It makes me feel crazy in my head. I don't hide that from them because that's the truth. How many times as a parent, your kids are making crazy noises or acting out and you just want to scream at them, but instead just letting them know today's tough, I can't handle what you're doing. I need a break, right? We want them to do the same for us. We want our children to come in from school and say, mom, today was tough or dad, I had a hard day. This kid was being mean. I don't really want to talk about it. I just want to rest. I just want to read a book. I just want to go upstairs. I just need a little bit of time. And you might say, how much time? Today is a day where we go to soccer practice or today is the day where we go to piano practice. We leave at 4.30. It's 3.30. That means we have one hour. Would you like 15 minutes or 20 minutes to rest? 
And they might say 20 minutes, right? But you only would offer that if both of those are okay, right? If 15 minutes is all you have, then you would say, would you like 10 minutes or 15 minutes? Because what is the child always going to do? They're going to go for more. So only offer two choices that you're totally okay with. If they say, yes, I need to rest for 20 minutes, you say, great, that's wonderful, sweetie. And you pull them in for a hug. I love knowing what it is that you need. I love being able to meet your needs. Mm, I love you so much. And you hug them and you say, you know what to remind you when it's 20 minutes? I'm going to set an alarm. When the alarm goes off with this chime sound, you'll know that it's time to begin your afternoon chores or to begin your homework or to get dressed for soccer, whatever it is. When you hear that chime, you'll know your time is up. Happy resting. I love you. And then give them a big kiss and send them on their way to go have that downtime. We have to respect our children the same way we would respect ourselves and model that self-care to them model that you know we have needs as well and we find ways to meet our needs being a mother should not be synonymous with being a martyr remember we've talked about that we have to be in charge of ourselves and our self-care and then for our children giving them that time sometimes our kids are overworked it's also important to ask yourself are they thriving with everything they have going on or are they worn out Do they need competitive sports at this age? Maybe they do. Some kids do. They love it. They thrive on it. It excites them. It's doing well for them socially. They're building community and making friends. But for other kids, they don't like it. They feel pressured. They feel exhausted. They feel drained. They just want some free play or some time to just interact with friends in a different way where there are no rules and are no structure. Take a, there's no right or wrong in this, but it's important to sort of take stock of where are your kids at emotionally, physically, mentally, are they enjoying what they're doing or do we need to taper back a little bit? In the Waldorf way, a lot of mothers talk about um, having to have family meetings, right? Speaking with your family and going, what's working for everybody and what's not working for everybody? And, you know, being prepared to pull back a little bit on some things that you're doing. For some kids, they're doing so well in sports and they love it so much, but then we're not making it to youth group and asking them, hey, is youth group really important to you? And in your family, maybe religion is very important and you're not willing to drop youth group entirely, but maybe you say, hey, how about, you know, since Wednesdays is ballet and you love ballet, but that means we're missing afternoon church. What about if you picked a day where you have a couple of friends over and you guys sing songs and read um, some scripture together? Or if you're not a religious family, maybe you do need that meditation time and you say, hey, afternoons for meditation aren't really working for everybody. Is there a way that we could have meditation in the morning? Whatever it is that works for you and your family, it's important to work together to make sure that everybody in the family is working together as a unit and that you're all taking stock of each other's needs mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, um, and that we're all connecting with one another and that sharing our feelings is not taboo, but it's something that we do on a regular basis, right? A regular check-in with our family. There was also a question about doing chores and a six-year-old's chores, probably not very exhausting at this point. It's not like you're having them like you know, re-roof the house or retile the bathroom. You're probably having them like sweep under the chair, uh, clean their bathroom, dump the trash, like put away some towels, little things like that. But asking them, are there some chores that I could take off your plate? Is there something that I could do that you're no longer enjoying or something that's exhausting you? You know, in Love and Logic, there's a story about this woman, Patty, who was a single mother of two and she was doing all of the chores in the house. And she went, why am I doing this? My kids are older now, right? They're nine, 10, 11. They should be helping me with the chores. 
And she one day decided to make a list of all of the things that it takes to run a family. In fact, I think she did it over a couple of weeks. She would write down everything that the family was doing um, for chores or that needed to be done to run the family. And she was making this huge, long list grocery shopping, working, dropping kids off for school, driving for activities, packing backpacks, making lunches, cooking the meals, um, paying the bills, doing the laundry, putting away the laundry, doing the dishes. All of this was going up there, taking out the trash, all of these. And her kids finally said, why are you making this list, mom? Why are you writing all of this stuff down? And she said, well, this is what it takes to run the family. Is there anything that you'd like to do? And they were like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to do any of that. Oh, okay. I'll just put my name by um, you know, all of these things. And then they're feeling kind of guilty. Well, no, maybe, maybe I could, maybe I could do the laundry. Great. Wonderful. I'll put your name up there. Right. Um, what about making your beds guys? They go, yeah, yeah. I think I could probably make my bed. That would be a good one. Okay. So you write it up there. They've got their names on there and then she moves along and people say, yeah, but my kids, you know, have all kinds of tours, but they don't do them. Well, how do we get our kids to do the chores? Some families pay their kids. Let me tell you why that's not going to work. Paying your child to do chores is sending them the message that you get paid when you do what should be done, right? Getting rewarded for what needs to be done. Now, if your child wants to mow the lawn or pull the weeds or something sort of additional or extra, yes, they can earn extra money for washing the car or doing extra things. But contributing to the family is something we do as a unit because that's what it takes to run the family. You as the parent are not getting paid to do the chores that you get to do. Um, it's it's thankless work. And so you're sort of volunteering because because otherwise the family would fall apart. And we want the kids to know that there are some things you do without getting paid or rewarded. Brushing your teeth, putting away your clothes, putting dirty clothes in the hamper, doing your homework. You don't get paid for that. You don't get acknowledged. You don't get rewarded. Those are things you do to take care of the home, take care of your things, take care of yourself. And there is reward in taking care of yourself. If you brush your teeth, there are no cavities. If you take a bath, you might have friends, right? Because you're not stinky and smelly. So how do we get to our kids to do our chores? We don't want to punish them. We don't want to give consequences when they don't do them necessarily. You're not punishment, so to speak. We, we don't want to bribe them. We don't want to threaten them. So what do we do? Well, what this woman did who was making a list of the chores, Patty, what she decided is if my kids don't do their chores, I'll simply do it for them. Now, how does that work? Well, there was one Saturday where um, the kids were planning to go visit um, an old friend who had moved all the way across town, about a 45-minute drive. And Tuesday of that week, um, Patty noticed that they didn't make their beds and they didn't take out the trash and they didn't clean their bathrooms. So she went ahead and did it. They came home and they thought, that's weird, mom, mom did our chores. Awesome, right? So then they go and they do their homework and they play with their friends. Same thing happened on Wednesday. They didn't do their chores. Mom went ahead and did it hmm, this is interesting, they start. So now they're starting to feel a little bit of guilt. Now they're in their minds going, she's doing our chores for us. Are we getting away with this? They're feeling a little bit guilty though, which is good, right? Remember, we want kids to be introspective about what they're experiencing. Guilt and shame when they're putting it on themselves is totally okay. That's where the lesson is. Same thing happens on Thursday. Mom doesn't do anything about it. In fact, she's making cookies for them. She's um, engaging in, in play with them and having fun with them. And they're starting to wonder, I didn't do my chores. This is so strange. Well, Saturday morning comes. What do they want? They come running into mom's room. Mom, 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 mom. It's time to drive to, to Sandy's house. We got to go. We got to go. And she says, oh, this is so sad. I spent all my driving time doing your chores this week. I'm just exhausted. Could you please shut the door on your way out? And they look at each other. Oh, man. Mom, does that mean you're really not going to drive us? No. And she's got empathy, right? She feels for them. Guys, I'm just exhausted from doing all that I did this week. I did my chores 
and your chores and I'm just too tired to drive. And that day she didn't drive. And what do they normally do? Oh, but I promise I'll be better. I'll do my chores next week. Oh, that'll be interesting to see. I really hope you do. It would give me so much energy. I might be able to do something fun next week. You see, guys, the consequence doesn't always come right away. The logical and natural consequence isn't always one that hits you in the head. But there will always be a time where your child needs something from you and you need something from them. But if you're modeling for them that we work together as a family, we check in with each other's needs, we do contributions to the family, also known as chores, we take care of one another, we take care of the home together, we look out for each other's health in all areas. If we're modeling that for children through our conversations and through our self-care, then we have children who naturally do those things, who want to take care of the home, who want to take care of their things and who want to take care of their bodies and their minds and their selves. We want to have open lines of communication in our family and work together as a unit. And that starts with modeling and empathy and connection and meeting the needs of your children and expecting them to meet your needs as well. You have been listening to the Whole Heart Crunchy Parenting Podcast. If you like what you've heard here today, please subscribe on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcast. I'd greatly appreciate a review on Apple Podcast, a follow on Instagram at join whole heart, and please visit my website for more content at wholeheartcrunchyparenting.com. If you'd like to support this podcast further, please check out patreon.com slash wholeheart, where you can make a small donation to help me continue creating the content you love and moving towards personal and professional goals. Thank you again for listening. Be well.